You know what was going through my mind that entire time? <laughs> what? Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> Wait, where did I just hear that? I don't know why. I just watched To All the Boys I Loved. Before. I know how much you love me rewatching things I've already watched a million times, but I think that song is in there. Especially things like All the Boys I've Loved Before and you won't watch Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the Clueless of our time. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real-life creeps. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Mogap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. No, no, Mean Girls is the clueless of our time. Oh, yes. Well, I've seen that <laughs> for enough Time. This time doesn't curious. have a clueless, and I refuse to watch that all the boys I've loved before because the secondhand embarrassment I feel just watching you, the yeah, trailers. I can't why, handle it. What why do you think there's secondhand embarrassment? Because I, I feel secondhand embarrassment easily. Because of the, people find her secret cards and and such. Yeah, but that's not really like it's like her journal. Somebody found her Zanga page, Mogath. <laughs> oh, I, I understand this is triggering for you on a different level. Yes, I I understand now why you might. <laughs> I have secondhand embarrassment from that on our last. Uh, yeah, that was on our Patreon. Tell the people about our Patreon. Oh, 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 yeah. We have a Patreon, and uh, do we? <laughs> the last mini creep we dropped, we told our most embarrassing stories. And that wasn't actually what it's supposed to be about. It really was not. <laughs> we got roped into that, but we have lots of good stuff over there. If you join at the five dollar level, you get access to all the bonus episodes, like the true story behind Alpha Dog. We've got the true story behind Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Also, I found out like one of my friends isn't listening to any of them because she's like, I've never seen those movies. And I'm like, you, I haven't seen most of them. You don't have, they're good stories. You Mo don't Gap have to has see seen movie. zero movies. <laughs> Mogab has seen like, literally none of them. So <laughs> yeah, ever. That's all point. You also get a shout out on the podcast at the $5 level. If you jump up to the $7 level, you get the mini creeps on top of that, which are super fun. We do some true crime stuff, but we also do like Am I the Asshole stuff. We played Red Flags one time. I think that's my favorite so far. And then if you- A little Fast and the Furious, a little Waffle House. A little Fast and Furious, a little Waffle House, a little whatever, (laughs) wherever the night takes us. And you also get a sticker and a card with our autographs uh, at that level. And then if you jump up to the $10 level, you get all that plus 20% off merch. Great job. Yeah. Do you know what else we need to tell the people? What? It is a big day for your girls. We officially have a sponsor. What? We got our first That's sponsor. Crazy. So exciting. This podcast is sponsored by Anna Luisa Jewelry. They craft versatile, high quality pieces at very affordable prices, starting at just $39. That is a price point I can vibe with, <laughs> let me just tell you. And they sent us some jewelry. I have two necklaces, and I'm obsessed with them. And I am honestly saying that. Uh, This one is the Isabel. I haven't taken it off. Little pearl dainty necklace. 
And I have another one like it, the Elise, which instead of a pearl is like a little diamond gemstone. And it's so great. You can wear them with anything. They're dainty. It's like nice jewelry without the high price point. I mean, I wore it to tour wedding venues and then I wore it to the Waffle House immediately after. (laughs) So uh, highly recommend. So our listeners get 20% off the entire website. You can go to shop.analuisa.com slash creepers. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A and creepers with an S. That's shop.analuisa.com slash creepers. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash creepers. Man, and thanks, Anna Luisa, for sponsoring this podcast. I mean, first time. That was fun. That was fun. So exciting. Okay. So everybody that listened to the David Cam episode and made it all the way to the end knew I was feeling a certain way (laughs) by the end of that episode. And I... Wait, who is he? He's the guy that we did last week. (laughs) Oh, it's not out yet. Okay. I'm like, wait, I don't think I... I Just listen. Okay. It'll drop Thursday. Who is that man? God, you got to hate it. You got to hate me just a little bit. Just a little tiny bit. I could not adore you more. God, like I cannot keep up with these people. (laughs) So by the end of that episode, I was just like over everything. I was like, I am not doing another one of these stories. I got to take a break. I was like, I'm just doing the Tinder swindler. Oh, we're going to get swindled. And I did. Yes. Because you know, you know we love a good swindle. And I know nothing about this. And people are talking about it. And I saw some tweets. And it's like, I can't just start Googling stuff. No, you, know? you cannot. So I'm always behind the times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine, but the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pro's proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. The majority of this information does come from the documentary, The Tinder Swindler. I also pulled from the article that the documentary was kind of based on. And then, you know, uh, some other smatterings on the interwebs. Your smatterings. Yeah. I'm excited to dive into this. Are you ready to hear all about the Tinder swindler? Yeah, I'm I am ready. I I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather you smatter than spatter. You know? 
<laughs> we are so, not getting into lay that it again. On me. So you don't remember who David Cam is, but you do remember the smatter spatter argument, which I actually cut out of the episode at the last minute. <laughs> oh. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for who? <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to say, really. I am ready to get swindled, and I am just grateful that I never actually did. Excellent. Especially this one. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know what happens. I, I only have just like probably a one sentence synopsis here. Uh-huh. But whatever happens, and this is also because I've watched quite a bit of 90 Day Fiance. This is the stuff that worries me about my mom mm. <laughs> trying to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. potentially date. I'm like, I don't know what happens here, but it's got Louise written all over it. It might. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, but but if Louise was like a beautiful Nordic blonde woman, then Right. Then it would be So Louise. you know, it's like <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm curious. All right. I'm excited to tell you this. Okay. In January of 2018, Cecilia Fjellhai was a 29-year-old Norwegian graduate student. She was originally from Oslo. She was living in London. Most importantly, she was looking for love. Uh, yes. She had been on Tinder for seven years. She had over a thousand matches, but so far she just hadn't managed to meet the one. But that was okay. She was like down for the hunt. She talked about how she loved dating. She loved that nervous energy you get on first dates, like the things that I hate hate the most. I know. Yeah. But she had her eyes on the prize. She wanted that feeling of all-consuming love. She wanted the Disney movie, the magical kind of love. And she was going to work her way through as many matches as she had to to find it. She had very specific things she was looking for in a profile. the checklist. She wanted to see similar interests in their pictures. She wanted a guy with ambition, major bonus points if the guy had a cat. She wanted the full package. Russell tells me I almost had a photo on my profile with a cat, not my cat, but just like holding a cat. And he's like, it would have caused me to swipe left. I'm like, what if I would have done that? Because he's just severely allergic. He loves all animals. But he's like, like his like throat will close up. And I'm like, I almost had a picture holding up this like really fat, cute cat. And I'm like, that would have been. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, I don't know. What would I be doing right now? Not probably having to deal podcast. with planning a wedding. I could just, yeah. <laughs> probably living with your, you and your cats. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> Damn that cat picture. <laughs> <laughs> then she stumbled on a profile that really caught her eye. His name was Simon Levive. He was about her age, and his picture showed someone that was very well-dressed and well-traveled. She checked his Instagram. He was blue check verified with 103,000 followers. What? Yes. There were so many pictures of him in business meetings, at parties, on beaches, on private jets, which is almost as good as a magic carpet. It's right there up there. So (laughs) Yeah. Someone tells me you want to be swiping left. No. She thought it would be like really cool to meet up with him. He seems like a cool person. She swiped right. It was a match. (gasps) Oh. And pretty quickly, and I think like almost immediately, she had a message from Simon that told her that he was only in London for the day, and he asked if she wanted to meet up for coffee at the Four Seasons Hotel in London. Oh, mm, yeah. Yes. 
Well, before agreeing, she Googled him. She found out that his father, Lev Levive, was like a world-renowned Russian-Israeli diamond mogul who ran one of the largest diamond companies called LLD Diamonds. Lev Levive was referred to as the Diamond King, and Simon told her that he had since taken over the family business, and so he called himself the Diamond Prince. Wow. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts here. Mm. One, mm -hmm. you said Four Seasons. This is a little unrelated, but can we just pause a moment and remember when there was supposed to be a press conference at the Four Seasons Hotel and the Trump administration did it. They booked it at like a Four <laughs> Seasons landscaping thing. Do you remember this? <laughs> I just remember I that. I thought that was fake. No, that I was just saw real. like a meme about it, and I thought that somebody just like put the background there. No, that, that was for real. They had to have like a press conference. There. Why would they go through with it? I don't know. You thought it was fake. I did. I really did think it was fake. Oh my god, that was what <laughs> I just hadn't thought about that since. <laughs> oh my god. And two, could you imagine thinking you're about to go out with like this diamond mogul, like Ugh, with his private jet? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I would either. But Cecilia's beautiful, blonde, Nordic, Norwegian, you know. No, I don't. So nothing. That <laughs> so nothing would. that we are. <laughs> but she was really impressed and excited. In the documentary, they play this clip from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, where Marilyn Monroe tells this guy, I'm not marrying him just for his money. Having money is like being pretty. You don't marry someone just because they're pretty, but it sure helps. And that's basically where Cecilia was at. You know, she's not going to marry somebody just because they have a private jet or loads of money or run a diamond empire, but... It don't hurt none. It helps, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she agreed to meet up with him, and she made her way to the lobby of the Four Seasons to wait for him. And she could feel that nervous energy that she loved, and she wondered if this would be the one. There just seemed to be something special about him. It's the private jet. <laughs> That's the special thing. Uh, on this coffee date, Simon got personal really quickly. He told her all about his two-year-old daughter and how he wasn't with the mom anymore and how tough it was when he was very rarely in the same place for very long. He said he really wanted to get to know her, but he was leaving for Bulgaria the next day. So he said, hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come with me to Bulgaria? Extend this first date to another country. Oh, and did I mention we'll be taking the private jet? I mean, do you say no, but like you say yes, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like. <laughs> That's exactly what Cecilia yeah. was thinking. Like, I can't not say yes. Like, she's, she said she wasn't sure that she should say yes, but she felt like it would be so stupid of her to say no. Her friends are like. Hello, you're about to get trafficked. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, no, I don't think so. And also, YOLO. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> she was really excited for this new experience, but she's like trying to play it cool, you know? She's like, Yeah, sure. That sounds great. So, Simon had a driver like take her home to pack, get her passport, all that. And then he had a Rolls Royce come to pick her up. Oh, my God. Yes. She was so excited. It was her first time on a private jet. And I'm sorry, you get me on a private jet and I will not be cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that photo shoot that's happening. 1,000%. <laughs> she tried real hard to play it cool, but she still took videos of everything. 
picture. It's like, it was, I love her. Yeah, it was very exciting for her. There was champagne and caviar and sushi on the plane. And it wasn't just the two of them traveling. On the plane with them was also Simon's bodyguard, Peter, this business partner of Simon's, a secretary and his two-year-old daughter, and also the two-year-old daughter's mother was on this plane oh. with them. Yeah. Well, that, that feels a little awkward. I will say yeah. so far, I like this man more than Billy McFarland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's really saying. <laughs> it's not a bad first impression, right? I mean, everything's checking out so far. Yeah. On the way to the hotel from the airport, somehow Cecilia got stuck sharing a cab with the baby and the baby mama. And <gasps> so she kind of took this opportunity to ask all sorts of questions about Simon. Obviously, this was a woman who knew him well, who'd been in a relationship with him and clearly like still got along with him, even though the relationship was over. So the woman told Cecilia that Simon was a wonderful father and that he was still supporting them and, you know, just what a great guy he was. So like really vouching for him. And she's like, oh, great. They arrived at the hotel and Cecilia describes this moment of walking to the elevators with Simon after they checked in. And as soon as the doors closed, he like grabbed her around the waist and looked into her eyes and just drew her in and kissed her. And it was like this perfect first kiss, like a Disney movie. Uh, that feels a little bit more R-rated than <laughs> Disney movie. Well, but the doors sure. close before it gets to that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later that night, she saw he had some marks on his back and she asked him about it. And he said he'd been in jail in South Africa. He said he'd had a, a diamond deal going on there, but that it all went really bad. He'd been betrayed, and he'd gone to jail for something that he'd been innocent of. And because he was Jewish, he'd been attacked in prison. She thought that he was the type of person that she wanted to save, you know? Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, of course I know. Are you kidding me? Of course I know. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, same. <laughs> yeah. She knew things were happening really fast, but she was feeling a very strong emotional attachment to him. And like this whole experience in the wine and dined in the jet in Bulgaria and like, oh, my goodness. He ended up being really busy in Bulgaria the next day. And he told her that it was probably best if she went home to London because he just wasn't going to be around very much. And she was disappointed and she wasn't really sure that she would ever hear from him again. So wait, he flew he flew her out there. Uh-huh. And then was like. Never mind, I don't have time. Like the next day was like, I'm going to actually be really busy. So why don't you fly on? So I'm assuming, okay. Fly so on. Then back. They definitely hooked up that night. Okay. Yes, that's how she saw the marks on his back. I was giving them their oh. privacy. <laughs> oh, no. I'm I was trying to figure eluding. out why. I was eluding. <laughs> oh, no, girl. I'm trying to figure out. She's like, okay, I stayed the night. It was the fantasy suite. Now I got to fly back. Okay. Basically, yes. She wasn't sure that she'd hear from him again, but she really hoped that she would, and she did. He texted a good morning text the next day, and he was so sweet. I love the good morning text. Yes. And so they started talking, and meeting up was really difficult because of his busy schedule, but they chatted on WhatsApp every single day. She figured a guy like this, like super rich, good looking, charming, he had to be dating other women, right? But she didn't know how that would be possible. Like, he was always available to her on the phone. And they were in near constant communication. He's sending her voice messages about how he's never felt this way about anybody. Never. He was supposed to come to London for the weekend for her 30th birthday. 
and he ended up not being able to make it, but he sent her a voice message apologizing and then sent her a hundred roses. Ugh. That was the first time Cecilia felt like she'd been in a relationship with someone where the feelings were just completely mutual. Like, I, he cares about me as much as I am caring about him. They'd talk about his work, and he'd talk about how tough it was, but how much better it had gotten since he'd taken over the company. He said it was tough because there were so many competitors vying for the same contracts, and it could get messy sometimes. He'd even started getting threats. He'd send her videos from his private jets telling her he loved her and he missed her. That's all January of 2018, all right? In February, Cecilia's job in London was sending her to her hometown of Oslo to attend a seminar, and he surprised her by sending her a geotag and telling her that he was in Oslo. He didn't have any reason to be there besides the fact that he missed her and wanted to see her. And she was shocked. She described it as euphoric. I mean, this guy that she's fallen head over heels for has just made this, you know, big grand gesture. And it told her that he was really serious about her, that despite their scheduling difficulties and his demanding job, that he really wanted to make it work. So she hurried up. She got ready to meet him. And he told her that he was serious about her. And he asked her to be his girlfriend. (gasps) Oh, I know that this man is not great. I'm like really (laughs) enjoying this like lead up. (laughs) I know. And I think the lead up is important so that you see what she fell for, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm falling over here. (laughs) Yeah. How can you not? Because I already know there's gonna be some victim blaming. I just I already know. With the buildup that whatever happens here. Well, you know it's a swindle and you know any time that there's any sort of con artist, there's always victim blaming. There's always the, how could you fall for this? I would have never fallen for this. They're just so stupid and blah, 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 blah. And Oh, I'm definitely going to say some of that, I think, Max. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm giving you the lead up, all right? So then he said, you know, if they're going to be together, there was something that Cecilia needed to know. He had this big deal that he was trying to get through. It was worth $70 million. But the diamond business is very dangerous. And so he had a security team, but the threats had gotten worse. Security had told him that he wasn't safe in London and he needed to stay away from there. And, you know, Cecilia was super scared for him. But to him, this was all normal. You know, he just wanted her to know, to understand why he couldn't be in London as much. Mm -hmm. She started to have some doubts, and she decided to check his Tinder profile, and she saw that he had some new pictures up, which meant that he'd been active on the app, and she was really upset about it. So she confronted him about it, but he assured her, he's not using the app anymore, He, it's deleted, he only wants to be with her. Then what are the new pictures? Look, don't worry about it, it's deleted, he's not using it anymore, <laughs> all he wants is her. <laughs> yes, got it. they'd been dating five weeks when the requests began five whole weeks five weeks but they have been a whirlwind of weeks they have been good morning beautiful texts every single morning constantly talking through the whole day voice messages of how much i love you and miss you and i've never felt this way about somebody and And then the day after that trip to Oslo, he messaged her saying that things were getting more dangerous for him. And his security team told him that he needed to avoid leaving any kind of digital trail. And he sends her a voice message asking for a big favor. 
He said he can't use his credit cards anymore because his enemies are using his credit cards to track where he is. So Simon asked her if she could get an Amex and he could link it to his account. And he said, of course, he would cover everything on the Amex in advance. And remember, he's really rich. He's taken her on a private jet to Bulgaria for the night. And then they stayed in a super fancy hotel. Like, the dude has so much money. Of course, he's good for it. And it would just really help him out if for a couple of weeks he could use that card. And she's thinking, like, this is my boyfriend. You know, we're in a relationship and he's wealthy. So she knew he was good for the money. They're in a relationship. So she thought, of course, no problem. Like, wasn't even a question. She got the Amex in her name, the American Express card in her name, like Simon had asked. And he maxed it out quickly in just a matter of days. But then he paid it off. So (gasps) Cecilia wasn't worried. Some Anna Delvey shit. (laughs) What was he maxing it out on? Do we know? Yes. (laughs) He was maxing it out on, what do you think, private jets and (laughs) fancy (laughs) hotel rooms. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was maxing it out on business dinners for his diamond business business associates. Yes, it's all business Uh. expenses. In the relationship, Cecilia felt so special. It was amazing. He'd text her every morning with a good morning text asking if she slept well. But Simon was away a lot on business, and she was happy for any time that she got alone with Simon, but it was few and far between. They met up in Amsterdam a few times, once in March and once in April, but it just wasn't enough. On one of these trips to Amsterdam, he asked her to bring him $25,000 in cash with her. Where does she have this money? Well, she didn't have $25,000 in cash. You know, she had to go and take out a loan for the money. And she got it all in cash. She flew to Amsterdam with it. And I looked it up. And according to the tax authority of the Netherlands, if you are traveling within the European Union, you don't have to declare how much cash you're traveling with. And this was like before Brexit. So she was still in the EU when she was in London. But still, she was really nervous about having that much cash on her. When she handed it over to him, he was so grateful. He just kept telling her how much she was helping him. But then he got a message on his phone, and it looked like something really spooked him. A call came in from his bodyguard, Peter, who told him that there had been a security breach. His enemies know where he is. He tells Cecilia they're getting his plane ready, and he has to go. He says he has to delete his Instagram. He tells her she needs to put hers on private. And he heads out immediately, leaving her there. And oh my God. Uh, yeah. And so she goes back to London and she's like freaking out, you know. And she's broke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, know, you know, he's good for you. She's got a rich boyfriend. No problem. What's broke? They just flew in a private jet. Actually, she flew commercial, but he paid for her flight. <laughs> Simon started bringing up the idea of like renting a flat in London together as soon as these security threats were dealt with. They'd only been together a couple of months at this point, but Cecilia said it was exactly what she wanted. He told her that the budget for the apartment was $15,000 a month, and she started attending open houses to find the perfect place. But then one night, after they'd been together about three months, Cecilia was out with some friends in London when she got a terrifying message from Simon. The first message was just a picture of the back of Peter's head, Simon's bodyguard, and there's blood dripping all down the (gasps) back of his head. And the next message just said blood. And she asked what happened, and he sends her this 
super chaotic voice message. It almost sounds like it was an accidental send. People are yelling, cursing. It's just chaos. Cecilia is freaking out. He tells her that he was out with some friends in Denmark and he was attacked out of nowhere. He would have been hurt a lot more if not for Peter jumping in and saving him. He sends her a video of him and Peter in an ambulance while Peter is getting tended by the EMTs and he assures her that he's safe now. But she debated like, is this the kind of relationship I want? Like a boyfriend that's in danger all the time that could be attacked at any time? You know, he'd talked about these threats before. But now they just seemed so real. But she said, you know, he'd given her so much. She knew that she would be there for him through all of this. You know, she couldn't leave him now. The American Express card stops working and Simon asked her to call them to call American Express to get the card working again. The card was in her name. So she had to like lie to American Express and say that she'd been the one traveling all over Europe. Right. And while she's trying to get the card situation sorted, Simon is freaking out, telling her that she needs to get the limit higher, and she's not sure how to get a higher limit with her income because she's like a grad student and she's working, she's not making a lot of money. So he says, I'll hire you on at LLD Diamonds. I'm the CEO. I'll make you an employee so you can tell them you're employed and you have all this money. And he sent her pay slips showing that she was making over $90,000 a month. A month? A month. Yes. I'm about to quit this podcast and go work at a diamond place. (laughs) Right? So she sent the slips over to American Express and it worked. They raised the limit immediately. And she was really worried about this higher limit, but then he wired her $250,000, which she knew was more than enough to pay for everything. But even with the higher limit, he managed to max out the card again. And he told Cecilia to take out more loans. She was really scared to do that, but he just kept assuring her that as soon as this $70 million deal went through, he'd pay it all off. No problem. Oh, and there'd been a problem with that $250,000 wire transfer, you know, for some reason. It just wasn't going through. He told her, you know, he was trying to get that all sorted, but don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. It's going to come through, you know. No worries. It's just $250,000. Yeah. So Cecilia went and took out another $40,000 loan. Oh, that was gone in a few days. Every two to three days, he's sending her urgent requests for more, saying his life is in danger if he doesn't get this money. So he's paying some of this off. Like, there's just right now, it keeps racking up. He paid some some of it off originally. Yeah, like the first time he maxed out the American Express card, he paid it off. And then he sent her this wire transfer, you know, that really seemed legit. Every two to three days, he's sending her urgent requests for more money, saying that his life is in danger if he doesn't get this money. So she took out a $50,000 loan from Instabank, then $12,500 from DMB, then $20,000 from Monobank, $15,000 from Nordea. All in all, she took out a total of $250,000 in high-interest loans, Mm. expecting Simon to cover the money soon. Something tells me he does not. (laughs) Oh, no, he does not. Anytime Mm. she pushed back a little, saying that she didn't want to take out more loans or asking him for the money that he'd already promised her, he'd tell her how dangerous his situation was. And she knew, you know, if he used his own cards and something went wrong, like he'd be in danger. And she really felt like his life was in her hands. 
And if she Mm. didn't get this for him, like, he would die. He told her that this was making him see that she's the one. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She's the one, all right. She's the the one they're going to come after for the money. Yeah, I know. He sent her a document showing that he'd wired her $500,000 to cover all of it, but it was taking a long time for the money to hit. And the longer it took, the more annoyed and the more frustrated she was. And he told her he'd just give her the card back, no matter what his security situation was, no matter how much it would put her li- his life in danger. Fine, you can just have the card back, you know, like really passive aggressive stuff like that. She told him it seemed like their relationship was like 99% business and money, and it was just making her so sad. She tells him she just really needed that bank transfer to go through. Cecilia went home to Oslo to visit her friends and her family there, and while she was there, she really wanted to introduce Simon to her family. He told her he'd come out to meet them all, and he even talked to her mom over the phone, and he just kept saying how much he was looking forward to meeting all of them. And Cecilia was so excited, she planned a lunch, she created a Facebook event and sent out invites so everyone could meet him, but it all (laughs) fell through. He messaged her apologetically and told her that he just wouldn't be able to make it, that his security team wouldn't let him come. He said he was really sorry. And she told him that she was sorry too, that everyone had been really looking forward to meeting him, and now she felt a bit stupid. There's a Taylor Swift song about this, but we won't get into that. (laughs) I'm certain. (laughs) She keeps putting pressure on him to pay her back, and he tells her to come to Amsterdam, and he'll just give her a check. And so she gets out there. She goes to Amsterdam. And when she got to his house there, she said he seemed cold, like colder. He wasn't affectionate anymore. And the check was there waiting for her for $500,000, and the trip ended with her feeling a distance between them. Wait, so they didn't, like, break up? No. I mean, I feel like... Not... I don't think they, like, had that, like, oh, I guess we're not together anymore, like, talk while they were there, but... Yeah. It kind of felt like the end. But as soon as she got home, she cashed the check. She's so relieved to finally have this money. But day after day, the check isn't cashing. So she calls the bank, and they tell her, They're not going to cash the check, but they won't tell her why. (gasps) So she texts Simon. She says, you know, the check didn't work. And he basically tells her, like, it's not my fault. I gave you the money. I've done what I told you I would do. You know, I've done my part. And she finally realized, oh, you've been had. Like, there is no money. He's a fake. He's not a billionaire. But the worst realization for her was when she finally had to face the truth of their relationship you know like he never loved her none of it was real yeah he was never really her boyfriend and she was utterly heartbroken she felt like she'd been brainwashed she had no idea how she'd gotten so far into this thing wait why was that like the check not i mean i get the check didn't go through she realizes it but like like why that moment all the other times stuff was like weird with money i guess because she'd seen him and he'd been kind of different towards her and oh. like, so it was. she wasn't leaving on this like love high this time. Mm-hmm. More clarity. What's the one explanation for this? Oh, it's not real. He duped you. Yeah. He doesn't have the money. And but you have so many other questions like the private jet, the, 
the wife and the kid and like is that are oh. those people all in on it? The bodyguard, oh, like she had questions for sure. But she also knew she was in deep financial shit. She owed <laughs> almost a quarter of a million dollars to nine creditors, all of whom were emailing her past due statements. She had no idea what to do. A couple of months after Simon matched with Cecilia on Tinder, he matched with another woman named <gasps> Pernilla Siohom. There's more than one? Oh, <laughs> there's more than one. <laughs> Is there more than two? Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she no, was 31. Uh, she was Swedish. She's gorgeous. And she was on Tinder looking for someone smart and funny. She said she didn't need a man to take care of her, but she wanted one to share her life with. And she saw Simon. She loved that he was well-traveled and looked like he worked really hard. You know, swipe right. It's a match. He told her that he was in Stockholm for business, but actually he lived in Amsterdam. And so he asked her if she'd want to come meet up with him in Amsterdam. He told her he'd pay for her to fly out. Before she agreed, she Googled him, obviously, and saw that his father was this big diamond tycoon. So obviously he was legit. Google said so. So she agreed to come to Amsterdam. And she sent over her passport details so he could buy her a ticket, and she flew out. She met up with him at his house, which was in this really lovely neighborhood, and her first opinion was that he was a little short, but he was dressed mm -hmm. very elegantly. And she said after spending that first hour together, she felt like she'd known him for 10 years. He took her to lunch. The entire staff at the restaurant welcomed him like he was this celebrity. She said at lunch, he asked her a lot of questions, and he was a great listener. And then they went wandering around Amsterdam. She saw this diamond museum and she said she wanted to go with him because like how fun would it be to go with someone in the diamond trade who could tell her about all that stuff, you know? And she said as they went through the museum, it was clear that he knew everything about diamonds. He knew about the mines, how to cut them, all that stuff. Hmm. By the end of Pernilla's time in Amsterdam, they both agreed that there really wasn't this romantic connection between them, but they both felt like they just made a great new friend. Oh, no. They stayed in touch, talking, calling, texting constantly. Once he flew over to Stockholm just to have coffee with her because she was having a bad day. It really felt like they had this special friendship. Little did she know he'd spent Cecilia's money buying her that plane ticket to Amsterdam uh, and that fancy uh, lunch. All of it was paid for with that American Express in Cecilia's name. I cannot get over that. I know. And of course, Pernilla didn't know this. She thought he was rich. Right. In July of 2018, so this is like a few months after Cecilia like broke up basically with Simon. In July, Pernilla's on vacation in Mykonos when Simon called her to tell her that he was with his new Russian model girlfriend, Polina. And Pernilla tells him that they should all come out to Mykonos with her. And he says, why not? And he gets there and, of course, gets the nicest room. It was this $5,000 a night room. He spent like $20,000 in three days in Mykonos. I don't care if I'm the richest person on earth. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I don't care, though, if I'm like super rich. I just think I'm still like, you know, I'm not staying at a Holiday Inn Express, but like, I'm not going to just wipe my own ass with dollar bills. I just like am not. No, I agree. The three of them 
Paulina, Pernilla, and Simon. They end up spending the entire summer just jet-setting around all over Europe. They went to Rome, Switzerland, Vienna, all paid for by Simon. By the end of the summer, Pernilla was seeing Simon as a really close friend. Like, he was very thoughtful. He was always very kind to her. Around November of 2018, so they've been friends for like eight months at this point, Simon sent Pernilla news articles from an Israeli newspaper that said that he'd been arrested for smuggling diamonds. According to the article, it was this huge case. Even Russia was involved. Pernilla called him and he was frantic. He said police had seized their assets. They'd frozen all of his accounts. One girl in the office that was being investigated had even jumped out the window and (gasps) completed suicide. But Simon told Pernilla that he thought somebody had thrown her out the window. And then Simon sent her a terrible photo. It was a photo of Peter, his bodyguard, and the back of his head is like just dripping (laughs) with blood. Wait a second. And then he sent her. I heard about this photo. (laughs) And then he sent her videos from an ambulance. He's in there with, with Peter. He's telling her that he'd been stabbed. He said his enemies were behind all of this. Oh, no. He's really concerned that someone's after him. And (laughs) yeah, if all that sounds familiar, it's because, yes, it was the exact (laughs) same photo. It wasn't like they took it again. No. Oh, he's got an album on his iPhone with favorites. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Same photo and video that Cecilia had received back in like February or March. So now that he's also got Pernilla terrified and just really worried about him, he sends her a voice message that said he wanted to ask her for a huge favor. Oh, I wonder what that is. He just needed $30,000. That's all. He said it would be such a huge help. He was in a life or death situation here, MoGab. Life or death. Like most of us, Pernilla didn't just have $30,000 to spare. She'd actually been living with her mom in Stockholm and saving up for an apartment, but she figured his life was more important than her apartment. It's not, girl. Oh, my God, that eye roll. I wish that people could see your eye roll. (laughs) It is not. So she made a bank transfer while on the phone, and he told her how great it was to have such a good friend that he knew he could trust. That's why, listen, I'm making no new friends. (laughs) I don't. Well, I would say I don't need a new friend, but then I'm like, I could use one with a private jet, you know? (laughs) That's what you think. And they would do it all differently. I would be the perfect victim of this (laughs) crime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would have called you bald. (laughs) Oh, my God. You would never have taken out a loan because you're too – and I never would have taken – but. No, but it wouldn't would have to do with the fact that I didn't think that I'd get the money back. I would just be like, this seems complicated. It seems so complicated. I'm not going to go take out a loan. I'm sorry. Like, gosh, you're in a bind. I wish I could help. Like, You want me to put pants on and go to the bank? <laughs> and I just, I feel like you're in this entirely bizarre situation as it is. Like, who do you go to for help with your billionaire boyfriend? You know, like. Who do you go to to say, is this normal for me to do this? He's a billionaire, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, yes. I Kristen, don't know. Who would I go to? Maybe <laughs> this is what billionaires just do. Like, they have to cut off their ca- cards and ask their girlfriends to take out all these loans. Like, yeah, let me go ask my family. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a direct line to like 
Why is the only billionaire I can think of Ivanka Trump? (laughs) (laughs) Ew, I don't know. I do not know. I could have gone like Beyonce. She would never. Beyonce Taylor. She would never. (laughs) Not too long after, he tells Pernilla that he needs to borrow a little more. And she said she still hasn't gotten the money that he promised to pay her back for the $30,000. And he says, oh, I don't know why. Everybody else got their money. I'll call the bank. You know, something must be wrong. I don't know what the deal is, but I I just need $10,000. And he guarantees her that he'll pay it next week. So she sends him the $10,000. The next week, he sent her a wire transfer for $100,000, well over the $40,000 that she'd given him. And all of this, by the way, is in USD. So wait, did that come through? Well, she was shocked. She called him to tell him how thankful she was. Oh, my gosh, Simon, this is amazing. Like, I'm sure she's thinking about everything she can do with this money. She can definitely get her apartment now. Like, how very exciting. How generous he was. And then the money doesn't arrive. He said it was because the bank wanted him to be there in person to like sign documents for the transfer. So he asked her to buy him some plane tickets so he could go and do that for her. He assured her that the money had left his account. You know, she had nothing to worry about. The The money's left my account. Yeah, because it was never in there. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't ever there. And he'd get it all handled for her just so long as she buys him a couple plane tickets. Like, where does he keep going to? Like, I, I, I would think after he kind of got away with it the first time, he would just be like, okay, no way I'm pulling that off twice. Let me just No, this is like fade away time job yeah, that he know, just, just does this and bounces around everywhere and lives this ridiculous lifestyle. But of course, the money still doesn't come. And soon, Pernilla is panicking. She sends him voice messages about how worried she is, how much trouble she's in. He tells her that he's in a bind. All his accounts have been frozen. But if she'll come and meet up with him, he'll give her one of his watches, which will more than make up for the money that he owes her, you know. Meanwhile, while all of this is going on with Pernilla, Cecilia is reeling from discovering that the man she thought she loved was fake. And she had to call American Express and tell them everything that happened. She thought she was going to be in huge trouble because she lied to them. She'd sent them like fake pay stubs. She had lied and told them that she was the one traveling all over Europe so that they would like approve the charges and up her limit and all of that. She thought she might even go to jail. But American Express told her that they were going to send out some of her their investigators out to her to get her story. And when they came, she told them everything, the whole story. They asked for a picture of him. And luckily, she had so many pictures and videos of him, you know, that he'd sent her. She found one and showed it to them. And when they looked at the picture, one turned to the other and said, that's the guy. Oh, no. I mean, that's not what you want, but that's definitely what she wants right now. Well, and Cecilia's like, shit. Like, yeah, this is definitely a scam. They asked what name he used, and she told them Simon Levive. And they told her this was one of many names that he used and that he does this for a living. Everything was a lie. He's not the CEO of a diamond company. He's not the son of a billionaire. He wasn't real. Well, why haven't they, like, caught him yet if they... Well, we'll get into it, but I the big answer is that he's kind of 
small time for the effort it would take because he's never stays in one country very long. So he's bouncing around from country to country. And he's just like, he's not even like stealing. He's like getting people to give him money. It's like the Rachel Williams stuff. Yeah. Did he even technically commit a crime? You know, by doing well, like, it's like he's not like stealing from companies or stealing products, yeah, like or stealing banks or like from people right. that like quote unquote matter and they're gonna go after them for that money, you know, yeah. And I mean, technically, he stole from American Express and he stole from all those banks because Cecilia's not paying them back, you know, like they're yeah. not gonna get their money. She's gonna, she ends up having to declare bankruptcy, like they're not gonna get that money. So technically he stole from them and I feel like they should care. But yeah, it's the law is weird. And they just didn't have the resources to like chase him all over Europe. Yeah. And I think, you know, Cecilia already knew what these people were telling her, like in her heart of hearts. But it was still horrific to hear this is all true. She didn't understand how someone could do this to another person. She was really struggling and she called her mom who told her that she just needed to come home to Oslo and they could figure out what to do next, you know. She blocked Simon, obviously, but he had her mom's phone number. She'd given it to him when he was supposed to come meet her in Oslo. And so he started calling that number and leaving threatening messages, like telling her to watch out. He said, for every action, there will be a reaction. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like you didn't come up with that. <laughs> I'm pretty that sure that was like what? fact. Newton? Newton. <laughs> yeah, I mean like that's just like a fact. <laughs> Cecilia and her mother were scared. You know, he knew everything about her. He had her passport details. He knew where her mom lived. He had all of that information. She had no idea what he was capable of, so she called the police, but they did not care because he hadn't yeah. actually done anything illegal. Just crazy to me. Yes. Several days went by and she was very edgy. She had to let every single creditor know that she had been swindled. She went to a very dark place. She started to think that she should just end her life because then it will all be over. She didn't know what else to do. She would never be able to pay off everything that she owed. She knew she needed help. And so she ended up checking herself into a psychiatric ward. And while she was in the hospital, she started going through the details of all the people that she'd met through Simon. She knew he was lying. But what about Peter, the bodyguard, Simon's business partner, the baby, and the baby mama? Were they all lying as well? She wrote an email to American Express asking if they could tell her anything, give her any more information. And they told her to Google the name Shimon Rehuda Hayut. So she did. And she found this article written in Finnish. And so she didn't speak Finnish. So she had Google translate the page. And the title suddenly changed from this language that she didn't know to the Israeli multimillionaire who cheated on women. And multimillionaire was in quotes. The article basically ran through his whole scheme. Simon Levive was actually born Shimon Hayut. He grew up in an ultra-Orthodox part of Israel right outside Tel Aviv. He was the son of the chief rabbi. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He'd probably always been a con artist at heart, you know, but the earliest con I could find a record of was when he was 20 years old and he stole checks from a family that he was babysitting for. 
The kid he was babysitting was only four years old, and when he found out the mother was filing a complaint with the police about the stolen money, he just left the kid in a stairwell and took off, just abandoned him there. (gasps) He started working as a handyman for this other family. He stole more checks from them. He spent the money on a Porsche and flying lessons. Wait, he bought a Porsche? Like, stole a check, bought a Porsche? (laughs) That sounds like a rap song. Mm. Stole a check, bought a Porsche. Then took flying lessons. (laughs) It's about drive. It's about... (laughs) He never made it all the way through the flying lessons, but he did manage to scam some of the other students in the class by getting them to invest in a deal to import clothes, which obviously wasn't real. He took off with all their money. He didn't finish the classes, but he would still tell people he was a pilot. Oh, God. Simon was charged with theft, forgery, and fraud in Israel in 2011, but he never showed up to court. Instead, he forged a passport and fled the country. He went to Finland, which is where he started the scam that he'd run against Cecilia and Pernilla, which was basically a pyramid scheme. He would scam women, mostly using Tinder to meet them. He would make them think that he was this rich diamond heir. He'd, you know, spend all this money in front of them, but he was spending the money of the person that he had scammed previously to show how rich he is to the new women so that they would give him money and then use that money to fund this lavish lifestyle that would make the next woman think he was also incredibly rich. It's like the fancier way to live paycheck to paycheck. (laughs) So he was just in this constant rotation of using the last woman's money to scam the next one. There were three women in Finland that he stole money from that we know of, like three that actually reported him. But who knows how many there were before he was caught. Yeah. And this is all before Cecilia. In 2015, he ended up convicted for major fraud and he served two years in jail in Finland for those crimes. He got out in 2017, and he went back to Israel, but he left again before they could arrest him. But remember, Cecilia met him in January of 2018, so he must have started his con up again, like, immediately after he got out of prison. Right. Because he had money. Like, he got it from someone, you know, after jail and before Cecilia. Either way, Cecilia now knew that this was just something that he did, and that he would never stop until someone did something to stop him. But she didn't know what she could do. The police couldn't do anything about it. Simon didn't stay in one country very long, so he wouldn't be very hard to catch for a scam that the police wouldn't consider a very big deal. And technically, Cecilia had given the money to him. She expected to be paid back, but he hadn't legally stolen anything. Yeah, that's annoying to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I get it, but like, come on. Well, and let me be clear. Didn't break the law does not mean that it was okay for him to lie to women to get money from them and totally scam them. And I don't know. I just don't see the difference between Anna Delvey staying at a hotel and not paying them the $30,000 she owes them and her taking that $70,000 from Rachel Williams and not paying her back. Like, what's the difference between Rachel and the hotel? I know. I think it's worse because at least you know the the hotel has – they're going to be fine. Is, is gonna, there has an income that's coming. Like, no one's paying Rachel, you know, where, like, people are coming right. and staying at the hotel. Right. And they have insurance. Like, they're not out yeah. $30,000. You know, they just didn't make an extra $30,000 that month. Yeah. 
they're not going to go bankrupt over not getting her money. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around stressors, big and small. For me, this comes in the form of work, too many deadlines, relationships with people, irrational fears of the future. When we keep them bottled up, it can really start to affect us negatively, mentally and physically. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. My therapist has really been helping me work on coping skills for how to handle my stress, how to handle day-to-day tasks that I struggle with, as well as working on communicating and improving personal relationships and just talking through problems with somebody who understands. It's something I wish I'd started ages ago. But finding a therapist is so overwhelming. Are they taking new patients? Are they taking insurance? And once you find one that says yes to both of those, are they a good fit? If not, you have to start the process all over again. If they are a good fit, you've got to figure out some way to fit appointments into your busy schedule. But BetterHelp takes away all of those barriers, and I'm so thankful. I love my therapist. I really feel like they took my questionnaire that I filled out when I signed up and really used it to match me to the perfect person. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Creepers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Creepers. Cecilia finally figured out the only thing that she could do to stop Simon was to get his face out everywhere, to warn as many people as she could. So she Uh contacted a journalist at the largest newspaper in Norway called VG, wondering if they'd even be interested in writing about her story. But of course they were. Yeah. This story was unbelievable to the journalists, which ended up being a team of four at VG named Natalie Hansen, Christopher Kumar, Erland Arnson, and Tor, maybe Tori, Christensen. To them, this sounded like a fairy tale or a movie. (laughs) Or a nightmare. Or a nightmare. They asked her if she had any documentation to back up her story. And she said, Oh, boy, do I. Yeah, receipts. She sent over everything in her WhatsApp, which they printed out. It was almost 400 pages of text. It's also, like, got to be kind of mortifying, I'm sure. I'm sure there's, like, Oh, my God. Yes, this was, like, their whole relationship was over text messages and messages, and she's just handing it over to them to go through, you know? There were also videos, pictures, audio messages, like, They could follow how the entire relationship developed practically minute by minute. The first thing that was clear to the journalists was that this was a professional. Taking her on a first date in a private jet to Bulgaria? Yeah. Come on, promising her the apartment (laughs) together in London? Talking about getting married, having kids? They'd been together over a month before he started asking her for money. A month of just straight love bombing, of him proving that he's really wealthy, so she would have no reason to think that he wouldn't pay her back. Cecilia also sent over that Finnish article to see if they could do some digging because she really wanted to talk to someone else that had fallen for Simon's scam. The journalists were able to get in touch with the police in Finland, and they got the names of the three women that had testified against him and sent him to jail. And they asked Cecilia if she recognized the names, but she didn't. So she Googled them and she didn't recognize any of them until the last one. (gasps) 
She remembered this person clearly. This is the mom? She'd met her way back on her and Simon's first date to Bulgaria. It was the baby mama. Cecilia was shocked. Back in 2016, this woman testified against him at trial. She put him in jail. (gasps) And now just a couple of years later, she's vouching for him. She's like in on the scam. She's sitting on a private jet with him, telling her he's the father of her child. Like, how was she one of his victims? And why didn't she warn her? Oh, that at first I thought like she didn't know at the time and then he swindled her. But you're saying she knew, testified in trial. And then like a year later is yes, baby mama. And I will tell you, I, I looked, this woman has never spoken out. She's not made any statements. I don't even know her name. So I don't know her story, but I am very curious and I, I don't even know for sure if the child is his or not or if that was a lie yeah, like, too so just like scoop up a kid yeah like i have i have no idea so cecilia called natalie one of the journalists who said it was just a crazy turn of events that you now we have no idea who to trust we can't even trust past victims to be truthful with us about simon because maybe right. they're in on it with him their biggest goal was to prove that shimon hayut the man who conned the Finnish women and was wanted in Israel for fraud and theft was also Simon Levive. They wanted to prove that those two people were actually the same person. The only thing they knew that Simon and Shimon had in common was Israel. Shimon was known to be from Israel, and Simon had told people that he was Israeli. And the Diamond King that's supposed to be Simon's father, he's in Israel. The journalist from VG got in contact with this well-respected Israeli journalist named Yuri Blau, who was able to get the last known address of Shimon Hayut. The journalism team from VG, they meet up with Yuri in Tel Aviv, and they get in the car and they start heading to where Shimon grew up. And they talked about how they're getting farther and farther outside of the city and how the houses were getting smaller and smaller and the areas were getting more and more ultra-Orthodox, you know, Orthodox Jews walking around. And where he was from was just the total opposite of the way that he portrayed his life on social media. I'm I'm so sad that this Instagram account of his, I'm sure, is all gone. I mean, I'm it's sure private. It's, it's, I can Google it was stuff. put on private. It was up until the documentary was released, and then he, he put that on private. So know. he's, like, still has his... Still has Cannot wait to give okay. you the update on where Simon is today. <laughs> Yuri and the VG team, they find Shimon's apartment and his last known address. And when they get to the door, there's like a letter addressed to him stuck in there. So they know they found the right place. And while they're standing there trying to figure out what to do next, Shimon's mother walks up to the door, like coming home. Stop. Yeah. And so they ask her about him, but she says she hasn't had anything to do with him since he was 18 years old, has no idea where he is, doesn't want anything to do with it. Oh. So the gang's next stop in Tel Aviv is to the police, who can confirm whether or not Simon Levive is Shimon Hayut. So they talk to a police officer who tells them that Shimon legally changed his name to Simon Levive in 2017 and that they are, in fact, the same person. She confirmed it oh with gosh. a photograph that that's the same person. He'd been wanted in Israel since 2017, but no one knew where to find him. The journalists go back to the information that they'd gotten from Cecilia, which on top of the 400 pages of WhatsApp messages, 
It also included all those bank statements from those credit cards. Like, Mm -hmm. they knew what he was spending the money on. You know, it was all right there. Right. And on one of those statements, they find receipts for a flight Simon used Cecilia's money to book for another woman. And that woman was Pernilla. So the journalists find Pernilla on Facebook and they send her a message basically telling her that Simon is a con artist. And when Pernilla gets that message from the journalist, she doesn't really know what to think. Like she immediately forwards it to Simon and he tells her not to worry. This is just his enemies trying to get information from her. But Pernilla's guard is up now. And when one of the journalists, Erland, calls her, she agrees to meet with him the next day. When they meet... Erlen learns from Pernilla that it's not just romantic relationships that Simon is taking advantage of, because with Pernilla, they were just friends. So they never had, like, any romantic... No, it was, like, a little bit romantic in the very, very beginning, and then they just decided to be friends. And so she tells him how she and Simon first met in March of 2018, and by July, he's taking her all over Europe. He's spending so much money. She tells him how they'd been friends for eight months before he asked her for money. And then she sent him over $40,000 as well as she bought him a couple flights to Bangkok. That's just like so soon too. Like eight months really isn't that long to be like asking people for money. Like, But he's so good at, at making these – building these relationships so quickly. I mean it was five weeks yeah. with Cecilia. Yeah. That's true. So Erlen tells her about Cecilia and how much money that she's lost. But Pernilla knew that wasn't enough. $250,000 was a lot of money, but it was not enough to fund that lifestyle that he'd been living the whole time that she'd known him for all those eight months. Yeah, Cecilia funded that girl. No, she's saying, I don't think $250,000 is enough to last him Uh, with all the money that he was spending from March to November when I gave him money. There had to be others. Yeah. Erlen told her that he's wanted for fraud and forgery and theft in Israel, but the problem is that they have no idea where he is. And Pernilla said, I know where he is. I have a flight to go see him tomorrow because she was going to pick up that watch that he said that he was going to give her. She said, he's in Munich. She now realized that she was probably not getting her money back, but she agreed to help the journalists catch him. So Pernilla and the whole team of journalists from VG go to Munich. They wanted to get Simon on camera to prove that they'd found him. Yes, yes, it's like catfish. <laughs> exactly. But Simon absolutely cannot find out that they are there or that Pernilla has spoken to journalists because they have no idea what Simon is capable of if his lifestyle were to be threatened. But at this point, Pernilla wants to stop him. She wants to help. She meets up with Simon in Munich, and the VG photographer is able to get photos of them together, confirming that Simon is, in fact, in Munich. Pernilla said she had a really hard time faking nice with him. He took her to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel, which is this really fancy hotel in Munich. Yeah, but she's pissed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was so annoyed at the way that he was pandered to there now that she knew what a fake he was. Right. They went to dinner, he ordered just about everything on the menu, and Pernilla said she felt so guilty, she just kept wondering who was paying for that dinner. Yeah, it ain't him. (laughs) Right. And at dinner, Simon gave her the watch that he promised her. No, see, sorry, I just realized I'd be annoyed because I would have said, keep your watch and don't order everything on this damn menu and just give me the money 
for however much this meal is going to be also. Like, he's just spending all this money. Like, give me that. I don't just want this watch. Well, but the checks weren't working and the wire transfers weren't working. And so <laughs> You're getting he really good to? at that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, when Russell lands tonight, I'm going to just text him. Like, I'm going to make him sound really, like, weird. But I'll be like, hey, I need a favor. My enemies are going to get me. Like, I'm just going to text like. I need, I'm going to start off small, like, I need $50. He knows you'll be good for the 50. He doesn't know you'll be good I, for the 30K. <laughs> I need $50. And he'll be like, don't reload your Starbucks card. <laughs> <laughs> sound financial advice. Like, that's what Simon clearly needed at this time, was sound financial advice. I can't wait. I'll just send you screenshots. How it goes. I would have told this guy to get cash. Like, get go to the bank and get cash. You clearly have, like... You just can't use your card? Okay, well, then you go get $25,000 in cash out of your account. Okay, so the journalists set up in the parking lot across the street from the hotel that Simon and Pernilla were at. And they also had people set up inside the hotel that could tell them when he was leaving. But while Simon and Pernilla are standing outside the hotel, he spots the journalists. And he was there with his business partner and he starts speaking in Hebrew. And he's definitely upset, but Pernilla doesn't know what he's saying. The journalists don't know what he's saying. And he yells at her to get in the car, and she doesn't know what to do. So she she knew she had to keep up this act of, like, not knowing who the journalists are and all of that. So she gets in the car, and he starts – they take off. He starts driving really fast and recklessly. And Pernilla just kept screaming at him, asking him if these are his enemies. You know, are they after me too now? (laughs) And finally, she just told him to drop her off. And she said she'd never been more relieved to get out of a car before. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. The journalist knew. Are these your enemies? Are these your enemies? (laughs) (laughs) The journalists knew that they wouldn't be able to confront him in Munich. And so they all went back to Oslo to figure out their next step. Meanwhile, Pernilla tries to pawn that watch that Simon gave her and is very unsurprised to find out that it is very fake. (laughs) (laughs) So Pernilla calls him on speaker with the journalist there filming, and she asks him to just tell her the truth. You know, she says she's lost everything. All she wants from him now is the truth. And Simon tells her he doesn't know what she's talking about. He's always told her the truth. And he says she has no idea what his enemies are trying to do to him. <laughs> and, she, and she just says, Simon, I know. I know everything. I know you're a fraud. I know you went to jail in Finland for fraud. And that's when the switch just flips and he gets <gasps> angry and he starts yelling at her. He starts saying that she's double crossed him and he tells her that <sighs> she will pay for this for the rest of her life. And she tells him, I'm already paying for this yeah. for the rest uh, of my life. Like, you took everything I have. <laughs> yeah. He asks, what evidence do you have against me? And she's like, we went to the Israeli police and they said, yep, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. He tells her it isn't true, as if denying it will make her believe him. And she tells him that she knows her plane ticket to Amsterdam was bought and paid for by another woman. And he says, well, yes, because of his enemies, he couldn't use his own cards. But he swears he paid all those people the money he owed them. 
And then he starts to threaten her. And he says, you're going to pay the price for this. And I promise it will be bigger than money. You double cross me and you will pay for it. And Pernilla was really scared. I mean, this guy seems totally unstable. She knew the only thing she could do to protect herself was to make sure that that VG article was as big as possible to get his face out everywhere, far and wide. Right. You think he would just like kind of give up? I don't know. I mean, I guess you can't, but I just feel like, ooh, this is a lot of work. I agree. I'm like, is this worth it? <laughs> yeah. Like, like at what point I mean, is the $5,000 a night hotel room just not worth it anymore? It seems like such a hassle. You got to yeah, I mean, keep just, starting over all the time. Yeah. Fly Southwest. They don't even have a first class. You'll be fine. <laughs> Doesn't feel like coach when everybody's the same. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's getting closer and closer to the article coming out, and Cecilia's getting really nervous about it. It's the biggest paper in Norway. Her face would be on the cover, and everyone would know that she'd fallen for this scam. And it's embarrassing admitting that you've fallen for something like this. You know, when people hear stories like this, so much victim blaming happens. Like, how could you be so stupid? Once the article came out, it ran like wildfire. And the reaction was pretty much as she expected. Everyone blamed Cecilia and Pernilla for being so gullible. They called them gold diggers, which Pernilla pointed out doesn't even make sense because a gold yeah, digger. Ew, that's offensive. <laughs> a gold digger that wouldn't give up so any bad. money. Uh, people were saying that they only saw his money, which was not even his money. They were called suckers. They were laughed at. They were ridiculed. It does make me think. Yeah, I was going to say, it does make me think twice because I'm sure if I would have just read like the headline or known like the synopsis, mm-hmm. which I mean, I kind of knew that it had something to do with a guy cheating women. I would have said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I fully believe I wouldn't give him the money, but because I don't know how, <laughs> like not because right, I'm any right. better than these women well, and, or, and, you, know, you know, so many people after this documentary came out, I saw on my own like Facebook newsfeed, like people I know yeah. that were like, I would never fall for something like this. And I'm like, well, good for you. I'd fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker. But no bank would give me the necessary credit limit. So I'd probably be pretty okay. And also, like, how many of those people that are saying that are also the same women that were sliding in our DMs? Like, hey, girl. Right. Want to be a boss babe with me? I know I'm going to be a millionaire. I just have to sell 14 of the – yeah. And actually – To get serious for a moment, this scam is definitely a good example of coercive control, which is now illegal in the UK, which is really exciting. But Laura Richards, she's basically the, the leading expert on coercive control. And this is what she says about it. It's from her website. And you'll see how Simon's pattern is almost exactly this. Coercive control is a very strategic pattern of behavior designed to exploit, control, create dependency, and dominate. The victim's everyday existence is micromanaged, like they're literally talking all day, all the time. Her space for action as well as potential as a human being is limited and controlled by the abuser. Initially, love bombing and charm may occur to get the victim into the relationship, Gaslighting is a big one. He was gaslighting up the wall. Like, I don't know why the money isn't going. This is on you. I've done what I said I was going to do. I paid you the money. It's not my fault that the checks aren't cashing. 
And then the second he's like found out that, like, I mean, just the just getting angry and threatening, the gaslighting, isolation, so economic control, financial abuse, and rules and regulations are gradually introduced over time once the victim is emotionally invested, as well as consequences if those are broken. You know, every action will have a reaction. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Googling that. Uh, Isn't that Isaac Newton? I think so. Mm-hmm. The rules apply to the victim rather than the perpetrator, creating this like double standard. And the victim fears the consequence if she breaks a rule. Over time, coercively controlling behavior erodes the victim's sense of self, their confidence and self-esteem, agency and autonomy. The abuser creates this unreal world of contradiction, confusion and fear. Moreover, 51% of victims don't even know that they're being abused, manipulated, and controlled. Coercive control correlates significantly to serious harm and homicide. And I know this story is easy to take lightly because it's a ridiculous thing to do, but it's also really indicative of disturbing, dangerous behavior and a complete lack of care about other human beings. Well, yeah. But it's also ridiculous. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous because it will continue to happen too. Like, there will be someone else that pulls. These people that just have the audacity to do this stuff, like, I don't get it. And the thing that everyone making these comments is forgetting is that Cecilia and Pernilla were not the only two women that were scammed by Simon, but they were the only two that decided that he wasn't going to scam anybody else. And their plan worked. Everyone wanted to read this article. And it was perfect. His face was there. His name was there. It had all the videos Mm. in this article. I can't wait. Googling him now would be a totally different experience. I cannot wait to watch this documentary. (laughs) It's so great. Is it on Netflix? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And it's just a two-hour documentary. It's not like like six parts or anything. Yeah. Cecilia and Pernilla finally got to meet after this article came mm-hmm. out. They bonded immediately and they joined forces and they decided they needed to get this story out in as many countries as possible. Talk about a trauma bond. Yes. <laughs> the UK, the Netherlands, the US, Germany, and all these countries started doing their own investigations to see if he had any victims in their country. After the article was released, VG started getting contacted by victims from all over the world, people all saying that he'd pulled the same scam on them, but that they hadn't felt like they could do anything about it. He'd been reported in seven countries, but nothing was happening to him, and now nobody could find him. And then they found Eileen. (gasps) Who that? Eileen Charlotte was scrolling Instagram while she waited for her plane to take off from Prague. She'd been visiting her boyfriend, and she's just scrolling Instagram when a picture of her boyfriend pops up on her Instagram feed. And she's very confused. She's Simon. She clicked on the picture, and it opened the article titled, The Tinder Swindler. Mm. So she immediately forwarded it to her boyfriend, Simon Levive, like, WTF is this? And he tried calling her, but the plane was about to take off, and she needed to read the article before she spoke with him. So she quickly downloaded the article, and she put her, her phone on airplane mode, and she spent the rest- like a responsible human, everybody. <laughs> and she spent mm-hmm. the rest of the flight reading it over and over and over. 
Yeah, you don't read that and then just like put your phone away oh, or like play no. a game. Like, oh, I mean, you're just like refreshing. Like, Eileen saw similarities. She had also met him on Tinder. He took her to a five star hotel on the first date, but she'd been in a serious relationship with him for 14 months. Why? Over a year. She didn't understand how all of this could be true. They were talking about settling down, starting a family. They talked all the time about how they felt like they were meant for each other. How could Ah. this be him? Oh, it's him. The article is more a series of videos with like brief captions. And so she's watching all these videos. and She finds one of Simon sitting on a private jet and he's telling Cecilia how much he loves her and misses her. And then he pans the camera over to Peter, the bodyguard, who was like sitting across the aisle from him. And she couldn't believe it. She had an identical video. Same seat in the airplane, same clothes, same panning over to Peter. The only difference was in her video, he says Eileen, not Cecilia. It was like he recorded one and then immediately recorded the next one. That's amazingly awful. I know. How many others had he made? So she started going through her WhatsApp message and she started to compare hers to the messages posted in the article. And they were almost identical. Like he was just sending them all the exact same messages, like one after the other. Good morning, beautiful. Good morning, beautiful. Good morning. Do I low-key want to get swindled? Just to like (laughs) get your good morning, beautiful text. (laughs) I mean, I just need to like see what everything I just need all the receipts. I want like all 400 pages. (laughs) He took Cecilia to Amsterdam in March, which is where Eileen was from during the time that they were together. Cecilia was looking for apartments in London at the same time that Eileen was looking for houses in Amsterdam. And remember, Simon told Cecilia that he was living in Amsterdam. She'd even visited him a couple of times at his house there. That ain't his house, girl. That's an Airbnb. Well, I don't, well, I thought that at first, too, but it's always the same house. So is he just really lucky that he's getting the same Airbnb every time? Is it just not weird that he doesn't have anything personal in it? Or is it Eileen's house? And he's bringing her to Eileen's house while Eileen (gasps) is out of the country. Oh. And I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that that was her house for a fact. No, yeah, but that. If he's been in a relationship with her for a year and a half and he's claiming that he to all these other women that he lives in Amsterdam, wouldn't he say that because he has a house there he can use to pull off his scheme? Oh, that just got me next level fired up. Uh Eileen saw that he'd visited Cecilia in Oslo at the same time that he'd told her that he was going there for a business trip. He'd told her that he'd been in Munich and a business meeting had gone wrong. And she now knew that that was when he'd met with Pernilla and had spotted the journalists. Eileen got the exact same pictures of Peter, bloody, in the ambulance, all of that, which was... What's Peter's story? Oh, I wish I knew. And this was terrifying to Eileen because two years before, she'd been followed by two men who had attacked her and she'd been really hurt in the Mm. attack. So when she got those pictures from Simon and he started talking about his enemies, like she got really scared. Simon even told Eileen that she was being followed and she was filled with anxiety all of the time. That's part of that coercive control. Like the others, she had also lent him money. It started out small. His enemies were tracking his phone, so he asked her to get him some SIM cards. But then it became more and more and more. The grand total was $140,000, all of which Eileen now knew had been spent on designer clothes, 
flights for other women, and whatever else he wanted. She had so many emotions. The cheating, the money, recognizing that she'd wasted the past 14 months of her life on something that wasn't even real. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) She felt like on that flight, she had lost everything. She said she- 14 months. Yes. So long. She said she didn't want the plane to land because once it landed, she would have to face reality and the thought terrified her. She had dozens of missed calls and messages from Simon when she landed. As soon as her phone was back on, another call came in from Simon and he told her the article was all fake. Cecilia and Pernilla had been paid by his enemies to create the article. She hung up on him and called the police. She didn't want him to get away with this. Eileen wanted to talk to someone who was in the article, and she found Pernilla's Instagram and messaged her, telling her it feels like she's in the middle of a horror movie. She says she wants to help find him, but she wanted to get her money back first. Well, sorry to tell you, sis. Eileen said Simon had always told her, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And she was like, bet. Yeah, but also, then why do you keep running from them? Oh, yeah. Running, but it's like always. Yeah. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer unless they're actively hunting you down. (laughs) So Eileen messaged him that she believed him, that she still loved him, and that she would help him. Meanwhile, Simon was freaking out. His face was all over Google. His scam was busted. He was hiding out in Prague, but that wouldn't last long. Eileen was literally all he had at this point. Simon kept asking for money because he needed fake passports. She told him that she didn't have any more to give him, and he literally messaged her telling her that she could pawn her car or sell her house to give him the money. Oh, my God. Yeah, but he needed it so bad, Mogab. So this gives Eileen an idea. She's not going to sell her car or house and give him the money. But there was something she could sell. Simon only wears designer clothes. Tons of it. Gucci, Dolce & Gabbana, like expensive stuff. It was the only thing he owned that was actually worth anything. And she told him that because she was in the fashion industry, she could sell his clothes, his wardrobe. She thought it was worth a fortune. And he agrees. (gasps) So he sent her a credit card with the name David Sharon on it so that she could bring it to him when she came out to Prague to collect his clothes. And she took a picture of the card and sent it to the police so that they would know Simon was in the middle of creating a new identity. Uh Eileen flew out to Prague, and it wasn't until she was making her way out to where he was staying that she started to think about how stupid this plan of hers was. Uh He was staying out in the middle of nowhere. And now she would have to see his stupid face and fake like she still loved him. And the thought of kissing him was like disgusting to her. But is this man attractive? I mean, he's not unfortunate looking like he's good looking. He's not like Vin Diesel. (laughs) Oh, my God. Vin Diesel would swindle you right out of your own. (laughs) But she'd have to play the part for this to work. He'd made some appointment for that afternoon in Prague and he asked Eileen to come with him. And when they get to the appointment, she realizes it's for a plastic surgeon and that he's trying to change his entire face. 
and the shut up yes and the surgeon like face off like just that's not you can't just and the surgeon said he wouldn't do it because only criminals want that surgery and eileen said she almost spit out her water In the morning, Eileen packed up three massive suitcases full of all of his expensive clothes. Simon didn't even help her pack it. He's just like, I know. As she was leaving, he handed her a letter and asked her to read it on the plane. And the letter turned out to be just like a bunch of bullshit about how much he loved her and how grateful he was for her for sticking by him during this difficult time. When she got back to Amsterdam, she started listing all of his items on eBay. Designer shirts, sunglasses, hats, shoes. Simon texts and calls her constantly, asking her when she's going to send him the money. But she just keeps... I hope she's keeping it all, right? Of course. She just keeps putting him off, telling him nothing had sold yet. But she was selling it like crazy. She was never going to send him the money. After about three weeks of constantly hounding her for the money, he finally realized the con man had just been conned. He started getting really aggressive, just like he had with Cecilia and Pernilla. He sent her like 20 minute long voice messages and he sounded like a raving lunatic. He kept going back and forth from threatening her to telling her how much he loved her and asking her to trust him to telling her she was now his enemy. Oh. And he said, to every action, there will be a reaction. <laughs> it's Newton's third law. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. But but thank you, sir. But Eileen wasn't scared of Simon. She was really enjoying seeing him squirm. He had no money coming in. He had no one else to go to, no one else to steal from. Yeah, he's panicked. He grew this big beard and he tried to get sympathy from her by showing her like the $12 a night hostels he was forced to stay in. Without other people's money, he was nobody, nothing. He started calling himself, instead of the Diamond Prince, he's now the Homeless King. And Eileen said, oh, Uh. cry me a river. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) One morning, he texts her that he's going to go somewhere to fix this whole thing. And she asks him what his plan is. And she notices that he's not looking at her messages. You know, on WhatsApp, it has a gray check mark that turns green when your message has been seen. And hers were still gray. And that's unusual. Simon was always on his phone. He was always on top of his messages. So if they were still gray, that told her that he was on a flight. And this could be her chance Mm. to catch him. The only place she'd heard Simon mention recently about going was Greece. He'd been talking about going to Greece. So she found a flight from Prague to Athens that was for the exact time that he went offline. And she thought it was a very good possibility that he was on that flight. So she sent an email to the police, and the subject line was, Urgent! Simon Levive is on this flight to Athens. She knew he wouldn't be flying under his name, and she reminded them of the alias David Sharon. And all she could do now was hope the police would do their jobs. And they did. He was arrested by Interpol when he arrived in Athens, Mm -hmm. flying under a fake passport under the name David Sharon. He texted Eileen that he'd been arrested and asked for her help. <laughs> but instead, Eileen called Pernilla, who then called Cecilia, who were all thrilled. Like Simon had been telling them, their actions had a reaction. A reaction. Simon was sentenced to 15 months for his crime in Israel. He served 
five months. What? Yeah, he was never charged for defrauding Cecilia, Pernilla, or Eileen for the same reasons Anna Delvey was found not guilty of stealing for Rachel Williams, because <sighs> they all willingly gave him the money. Though it was under false pretenses, and I feel like you should be yeah. able to get that. His bodyguard Peter and business partner Avache have never been charged with anything. The mother of Simon's <laughs> child denies doing anything wrong. And Paulina, the German model, broke up with Simon when she found out he was cheating on her. <laughs> so it was, we do believe that the uh, child is his. I just, I'm, I'm very curious about No, this. I don't know. Oh, I thought that it said his child. There are a couple of articles that go back and forth, but it seems like nobody really knows anything and they're all taking their information from the documentary mm. and kind of spinning it however they want. So some are like, Simon has never confirmed he has a child. And some are like, yes, Simon has multiple children. And so mm. who knows? I don't know. What's the truth? We don't really know. Simon has no connection to Lev Levive or LLD Diamonds. Uh, he's currently living in Israel as a free man. And he's launched a website offering business advice for a fee. He's posting videos of him spending tons of money, buying Bentleys and Ferraris, while Cecilia, Pernilla, and Eileen are still paying off their debts. Cecilia had to declare- That is what I don't understand. Yeah. Cecilia had to declare bankruptcy. Eileen managed to make about $9,000 from selling Simon's clothes, nowhere near the $140,000 he stole from her. It's estimated that he's stolen $10 million from different people over the years, and he doesn't have to pay any of it back. Why can he not – why does he not have to pay those women back? Like, if he's going to go scot-free, not serve any jail time or whatever, why isn't he having to pay them back before he can go buy Bentley? Because he like, hasn't even been found criminally responsible for any of it. Well, he has in this court, okay? <laughs> well, and they're still fighting their cases in various courts, trying to get the fines against them taken away. And trying to get courts to understand that they were basically victims of coercive control. Cecilia started a nonprofit organization called Action Reaction. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> God, I love her. I know. It seeks to support and speak on issues regarding fraud. According to her LinkedIn, Action Reaction wants to create change in legislation and help victims to get proper help, both mentally and judicially. I couldn't find anything else about it, like a website or anything, so it kind of seems like it's in progress, but I hope she gets it up and up and running. Simon is currently dating an Israeli model, but he got back on Tinder. After the documentary, they kicked him off, or at least they say they have, so uh, he should be off there now. But he's signed with a talent agent, so that's good for him. And uh, he's listed on Cameo for $200. So you can get a Cameo from him for $200. He has 23 five-star reviews on Cameo. I do not get this at all. Because we're encouraging it. People exactly. People think it's funny. Anna Delvey? Ew. Now, there's a con artist I might pay $200 uh, for a Cameo. But this knobhead. I mean, listen, my birthday is coming up. <laughs> Yeah, but this guy, no thank you. Someone get Anna on, on Cameo. <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't pay her either. She I would be like, she needs to the video is too. coming. I haven't made it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it soon. I'm busy. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and that is the Tinder swindler. <laughs> well, as someone who's been swindled before, if I was swindled into this podcast. <laughs> I know what it feels like <laughs> to be put in trapped. a situation where you feel like you can't say no. <laughs> So many God. other people have. I don't know why you felt like you couldn't. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Victim blaming. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch this. All right. Do we have some shout outs? You know we do. I know. You know that we do. We do. Shout out time. All right. Shout out time. Are you on first? No, you go first. Big thanks to Flame Sparrow. That is quite the nickname. I love it. Do people call you that? Flame Sparrow. What if that was your real given name? Your parents were like, we're naming this baby Flame Sparrow. Flame Sparrow. I don't know. Like Like first name Flame, middle name Sparrow. (laughs) You would need nothing else. You really wouldn't. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. CarolynTheBomb.com. Gold. Gold. Like ghoul. No, oh, like ghoul. Gold. 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 Yeah, I had it. CarolynTheBomb.com. Gold. Just kidding. Not really. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really on the bomb.com. Or the, or Just the kidding. Not really on the bomb.com. <laughs> Thank you so com. much, CarolynTheBomb.com. Gold. But not really. Just kidding. But not really. Just what kidding. What if you were <laughs> CarolynTheBomb.net? carolynthebomb.org maybe they didn't have dot com available you had to go you had to go org (laughs) net would be the worst that's when you know know, like you really couldn't get it big thanks to michelle s shout out to michelle s and our bff amber k and the one the only the only byron arthur williams the third the third that's my father byron tell the people that were you know parents are signed up my mom will never sign up because as we've established she thinks i'm on the radio we're gonna keep it that way Uh, thanks so much byron arthur williams the third for being a patron yeah thanks mr dub (laughs) you guys are the best Uh, we love you so much we love you so much thank you and Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a long one. So thanks for... Yeah, well, we had a lot to cover. (laughs) We really did. So thanks for sticking with us through this. You can find us on our socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at CreepersPod. You can always send us an email. If you have anything to say, if you have case suggestions or whatever it might be, CreepersPod at gmail.com is the place to do that. And please, if you liked this episode, we would so appreciate it if you would jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple. You can review us. That would be amazing. Please do that. And make sure to follow so that you will know exactly when our next episode drops. When I'll tell Mogab another wild story. Wilder than this one? Can't be. Possibly. (laughs) Bye, peeps and creeps.